0: Well, I wanna say welcome to the worst sermon of the year. Amen? Come on. It is patience, and I don't know how that happened. I tried and tried to find a translation, English translation, uh, other language translation, to find fruit of the Spirit that did not have patience in there. And I got impatient, because there's not one, all right? Yeah, so. um, I've told a few people I am uh, gonna be grateful once Sunday is over today, just because we can move on. So uh, you pray for me, and, and um, it's, this is one that I have a lot of trouble with, that I need the, the Holy Spirit to cultivate in my life some more. I did want to remind you, just didn't know, I thank Dave for leading today. Troy's going to be leading back and forth. If you hadn't heard yet, uh, we want to continue to pray for our worship pastor, David Hopkins, who's got a, a nodule on his vocal fold that they are treating right now with no speaking. Or singing or humming you name it so I hope you'll be in prayer for for him it's shrunk almost 50% and we're praying that God would heal him and not have surgery but the latest round of treatment is another not 10 days a month of none of this so you won't see him around on Sundays so would you pray for him and his family by the way if you didn't know David has not one but six children so how how that might be um, to not be able to, boy, that would be hard, right, to not be able to interact. So um, just continue to pray for them. I'm grateful for those leading leading in worship, so we thank you for that. Well, this is not a hard sermon because of, uh, can you find verses in the Bible? There's tons of them. What I had trouble finding is a focal passage uh, that I would like to just spend on that might give an example of patience and actually it gives uh, the example of God's patience, so I'm excited about that. The Lord led me to that. But it, it's it's not a, an academic issue, it's not hard to wrap your mind around. What it is hard to do is cultivate it in your life and to have practice and it's interesting how we have different circumstances in our life, is that right? And boy do I have some circumstances in my life right now and they require patience and so the Lord has been, have you ever been slapped up upside one down the other by the Lord when you read the word? An old guy told me years ago, when you read the Bible, the Bible reads you. It's true, it's just constant. So. I'm going to talk fast so we can get through this, all right? (laughs) yeah. So we're going to be in Matthew 18, perhaps a peculiar passage, but I think you'll see where we're going by the time we get done with it. So let me begin with a summation about patience. A friend of mine stated it this way. He said, I had my patience tested, and I am found to be negative. Think about it for a minute. (laughs) Yeah, right. Someone once said, "Patience is something you admire in the driver uh, behind you, but you scorn in the driver in front of you." Patience. Here, just just think about uh, the application of patience—not even in a spiritual way, but just in a general way. Did you know when Thomas Edison invented the light bulb, it took him over one thousand tries? That's patience. If it would have been me, we would still not have light bulbs today because I would not have tried it that many times. It took the Wright brothers six years to invent the airplane, patience. A more current definition of patience is this. Some of you that have been around a few years, you'll recognize this. Patience has been defined as using dial-up internet service. (laughs) Merv, amen? Yeah, think about that for a minute. And Margaret Thatcher said, and and this is, um, I resonate with this quote. I am extraordinarily patient, provided I get my own way in the end, yeah. So hopefully you laughed a little because we won't be laughing here in a moment as we think about it. Of course, we need to understand uh, talking about that, just getting going that godly patience is so much more than these statements. Even uh, putting them all together, it's so much more than that. We're gonna look at it. So I wanna begin with a few scriptures. You just need to jot them down. I'm gonna go real quickly before we get to our focal passage. Psalm chapter 40, verses one and two says this. David writes, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me and heard my cry for help. He brought me up from the desolate pit, out of the muddy clay, and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. He waited patiently. Of the Lord. Colossians 3, 12 and 13, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and here it gives a little example of patience. If one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Ephesians chapter four, verses two and three, therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness and with patience. And here's a qualifier. Showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. James one nineteen. it does not have the word patience, but it gives me a great picture of patience. My dearly loved brothers understand this. Everyone must be quick to hear, slow to Speak and slow to anger. So slow might be a synonym in some instances for patience. And then the example of Jesus. I love First Peter. And in First Peter chapter 2, verses 23 and 24, it says this. Think about Jesus and the example that he had for us in the area of patience. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds you have been healed. So we should have our slide up here. Let's uh, let's do our quote uh, this morning, Galatians chapter five, 22 and 23. Would you say it with me? But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law, and I remind you as we read that and we jump into patience that this is an attribute of the fruit, the, re- the results of the harvest, the offspring, the yield of God's Holy Spirit, if we're believers, God's Holy Spirit indwelling us and working in us. He is the one who cultivates this in us. It is his fruit, and the big idea is this. This is what we need to work on. This is why, you see, I don't like this sermon today. We are to exhibit a patience-filled life, which is the result of the Holy Spirit working in us. Let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 18. We're going to start in verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times could my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? I tell you, not as many as seven, Jesus said to him, but 70 times seven. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his slaves. And by the way, let me just stop here. This is a teaching opportunity that Jesus used. We call it a parable, doesn't list certain names, but he's not referring really to a a king or just these servants or slaves. It's a teaching moment and you'll see God all in this. So, So Jesus is sharing this with the disciples to help with this idea. Verse 24, when he began to settle accounts, the king, one who owed 10,000 talents was brought before him. Since he had no way to pay it back, his master commanded that he, his wife, his children, and everything he had be sold to pay the debt. At this, the slave fell face down before him and said, catch it, be patient with me and I will pay you everything. And there's an exclamation point there. It's as if he's pleading, begging, screaming this out. Hmm, interesting. Be patient with me, and I will pay you everything. Verse 27, then the master of the slave had compassion, released him, catch this, and forgave him the loan. He just forgave it. But that slave went out, Be visual like I am. I'm picturing this right now happening. I'm seeing him going. That slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a 100 denarii. He grabbed him, started choking him, and said, pay what you owe. At this, his fellow slave fell down and began begging him. See if you've recognized this before. Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he wasn't willing on the contrary he went and threw him into prison until he could pay what was owed that's how you did it back then you got thrown into prison until you could pay what was owed when the other slaves saw what had taken place they were deeply distressed and went and reported to their master everything that had happened then after he had summoned him his master said to him this is the The one who threw the other guy in jail, the one who was forgiven of his debt. The master said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should not you also have mercy on your fellow slave as I have had mercy on you? And his master got angry and handed him over to the jailers until he could pay everything that was owed. So my heavenly father will also do to you if each of you does not forgive his brother. From his heart. Let's pray. Lord we ask you to speak to us through your words through what's in the Bible and that we will be open our hearts will be open to hear and that you might change something in us today God to make us more and more like you in the name of Jesus we pray amen. So you might look at this passage and say that's about forgiveness of course it is it's about forgiveness but there's also an aspect there of patience And those of you who've been around a while, if you understand forgiveness and patience, they tend to go hand in hand together. So today we begin what I call the second triad of the fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruits of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. But in order to look at all of them, we have to break them down. There's nine of them. So we just finished our first uh, triad, more dealing with us and the Lord. And this second triad kind of relates more toward other people. Not totally, but a lot, you're going to see as we look at... Patience and kindness and goodness as we look at these things, how does that relate with other people? One of the best ways to study patience, I think, and what I've come to and what the Lord's led me to is this to see the contrast between our God of patience and sinful people's struggle in it. And your pastor is one of those sinful people who struggle in it. But instead of just this negative, oh, how bad you're doing, Lamar, how about we look at the contrast and see. God's example of what it could be like. So look at verses 21 and 22 where we started. And I've said it this way. This is a picture maybe of a patient practice of forgiveness. It's not just forgiveness. It's a patient practice of forgiveness. You see, there is a spirit and practice of forgiveness that includes much Patience, I would say to you lots of times, true forgiveness is going to require patience. It's not going to be, okay, great, I forgive you and go on. I may not have really forgiven them, I just said that. So, so, so we want to look at this today. And we see it starts out with, with uh, Jesus coming excuse me, Peter coming to Jesus. Now, if you go back and look at this chapter 18 in Matthew, they've just spent all this time about, well, who's the greatest, Jesus? Who's the greatest? Am I the greatest? Or who's the greatest? Who's gonna be right here and all this stuff? Then there was the parable of the lost sheep, which was powerful. Jesus responds to them and talks about, look, the greatest, the greatest, if there's 199 right here and one's gone, I'm going to look for that one weak one. And then there was the section about restoring a brother. Very interesting. And I think because of all this, Peter comes back with this this question. I think Peter was dealing with someone, and Peter was going to forgive, and maybe he'd forgiven over and over, and he brings it to Jesus. And he asked about forgiving a brother. And I think Peter thought he was generous because uh, some scholars would tell us the Jewish rule was to forgive, not once, not twice, but three times. And so Peter is saying, hey, should I do it seven? Now numbers are interesting in the Bible, aren't they? And number seven, is the, it's been called the number of completion, or you think about it, creation, God rested, seven, go on and look, seven, seven, you see that throughout scripture. And so uh, it fits with how Peter is saying this and using this, but Jesus is not thinking of it as completion, number seven, is he? So the question is, is forgiveness limited? No, according to Jesus' response. Jesus' response to Peter was in the context, did you, did you catch that? That was in, I'm, I've lost my place here, in verse 20-something. <laughs> it's about, he talks about the kingdom of heaven. So think of the context dealing with Christians and and Jesus' church, so his response comes back that way. Peter seems generous in his concept, yet Jesus' answer basically says, don't worry about seven times 70 or seven times 70 or 490 or whatever you may have. What Jesus was saying there is forgiveness is unlimited. Can you catch that? Can you get your head around that? Someone is not gonna come to you 490 times and ask forgiveness for whatever it is. That was not Jesus' intent. He was trying to show you that no matter how many times they do, it's, it's, it's unlimited. There's no limit. And as we think about patience, We see that there is no limit on it. So that's how this begins. And Jesus begins to tell this parable, this teaching moment about the unforgiving servant. And I think clearly we see in verses 23 through 27, we see the picture of God's patience. Not my patience, not your patience, but the God who created everything. uh, The God, the the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, you think about all that, the one who created Builds and cultivates the fruit in us including patience is an example of his patience in verse 23 We see this parable and I want you to look at it this way. You know how you can always tell it's a parable and not really a true story Although don't okay. It's not false, but it's just different. There's no names There's no Le, Leroy's not in here sure he's not I'm making up names all right. They're not in here you, you pick Let's see I should pick on one of you Uh, Who should I pick on today? I won't do it. Hi, Gerald. How you doing, Gerald? Instead of the unforgiving servant, we'll make Gerald that. Now, there's no there's no personal names in there, so it's a teaching moment to help them with that. But as you look at this, you're going to see what it represents. God is like a king who takes care of his slaves or his servants. So when you see master and king there, you thank God, and when you see slave or servant, thank us. Okay? And in verse 24 and 25, we see the problem. The servant owed how much? How many talents? 10,000. That is a talented guy. That's not what it means at all. 10,000 talents equals 60 million denarii. Well, what is that? That's a day's wage. So picture 60 million days of working. Do you see how he owes something that he can never repay? Let me illustrate this further. This is not just made up. You're like, oh, it's just a number, Lord. No, it is a crazy thing that Jesus throws out and grabs their attention. These guys are paying attention. When they they see that, they're doing the math. They're doing the math. Imagine Judas, man. He's pulled out whatever his calculator. He's doing the math. He's like, wow, 60 million days wage for a common laborer. Let me illustrate this. Remember King Herod? His annual income was only 900 talents, not 60 million. Furthermore, the imperial taxes, the taxes that were owed to Rome in Judea, Idumea, Samaria, Galilee, and Perea, five of them, when you add them together, they only paid, guess how much? 800 talents, not 60 million. Jesus' point is clear here. There was no way the debt could ever be paid. Now, I want you to think about something. How does that apply? We, we look and see how scripture is for the, the hearers, the, the first readers, and then we also look at how it applies to us as well, right? God's word is alive and active. It's there for teaching, reproof, correction, there for discipline, for all those things. It's working today. If you allow it, God's word is working in your heart right now, today, and we need to think of this debt as our debt. Think about our debt to God as sinners. There's no way to make payment for it. That is what distinguishes the Christian faith from other world systems, if you will. Is that not right? We're sinners, and there is is no amount of hoops we can jump through. There's no amount of rituals that we can do. There's no amount of you fill in the blank that we can't do to get to God. God comes to us and he forgives and he is patient as we see right here. There's no way to make payment. I want you to catch that today. Perhaps you're watching online or you're sitting here and you're thinking, man, I really would like to love God more. I would really like to have this relationship with God, but I'm not sure I can do what is required. There's no doing. For by grace, God's grace, are you saved through faith, God gives that to you. It's a gift from God. So I hope you'll think about that. Because that's, we're this first guy, we really are. So what happens? Verse 25, the servant and his family were to be sold to help pay the debt. And then we get to verses 26 and 27, look at that. At this, the slave, I can just picture him being drug off to the auction block and he's like, wait, wait, wait. The slave fell face down before him and said, be patient with me and I will pay you everything. Then the master of that slave had, underline it, compassion. Wow! Released him and forgave him the loan. So the servant makes this incredible plea to the king for patient. Now, the inter- it's an interesting word here. The word for patient or patience here means this, to suffer long. But it gives something that it's opposed to. To suffer long as opposed to hasty anger or punishment. Anybody been a parent in here? Grandparent? Great-grandparent? That gets real, doesn't it? The word patience, is, it means it's opposed to this hasty anger or punishment. It means to forbear it means to endure patiently as opposed to losing faith or giving up. And I've shared with many of my story of how I gave up on my youngest brother and shouldn't have given up praying for him because God saved him many years later. See, see when we, we think of this word patience, it also includes this idea of trying to understand and not losing faith or giving up about something or someone. And the last uh, definition is this. It involves exercising understanding and patience towards persons. This is the word that's here. And he says, be patient with me. Be patient with me. I will pay you everything. I mean, he's lying, all right? Let's talk about lying. There's no way he can do that. But it gives us a great picture of patience and God's patience. And with payment being impossible, what happens in that verse? The master is first moved with compassion, Next, he liberates this servant, this slave, his family, everything he has from prison for the rest of their life or from even worse than that, and he cancels the debt freely. What a pic- Can you see God in this? What a picture of what God does for the sinner. Wow. Let me read to you from 2 Peter 3, 8 and 9. You've heard me read it before. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Dear friends... Don't let this one thing escape you with the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day Now I didn't put that in there for patience, but can you see can you see patience in there? Because what's my day? What's mine like? Yeah. With with Lamar one day is like hopefully 30 seconds, right? Not a thousand years. But God is patient. So w- with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. And catch this, the Lord does not delay his promise, as some understand delay, but he is patient. It's the exact same word. He is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all come to repentance. I can't quite get my mind around all that, but I know that Lord Jesus has not come back triumphantly yet because God is what? Patience. Wanting more to come to repentance. Wanting more to trust in him by faith and follow him. Wow. That's the same word that's used in the servant's plea. Well, let's move on to 28 through 31. We get another scene, if you will, of this parable, this story, this teaching moment. And it's not God's patience, but now it's this sinner's, this slave, this servant's lack of patience. In verse 28, unfortunately, we see the heart of the servant. He is unforgiving. He shows no patience to another. He was owed a hundred denarii. Remember what that would be? That's a pretty good debt. That's a hundred days wage for a common laborer. I mean, it's significant. He had a right to it. But remember what his was just forgiven of? Sixty million? Wow. So he's owed this. And he is so impatient that he does something. Look at verse 28 and see if you caught that as I did. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him 100 denarii, and he grabbed him, started choking him, and said, pay what you owe. He is so impatient, the opposite of patient, he is so impatient that he grabs the guy and he chokes him. Now, we don't really know what this word means, do we? The word that Jesus used here literally means this, to choke severely, to strangle. You get in the picture? This wasn't just putting the guy up against the wall and you know how it is, doing all that. It was strangling. I mean, (laughs) here we see the opposite of patience. We see anger. And verse 29 is very instructive because the other servant makes the exact same plea that the forgiven servant made. Yet the result is vastly different. Now I want you to think about our sin nature for a minute. Have you heard of that before, sin nature? The Bible is clear. We have inherited a sin nature from our Grandpa Adam and our Grandma Eve, right? Or from our Grandpa Noah. Wherever you want to go, we've inherited that. So we are born with sin nature. We are born disobedient. Amen? I'm not getting amens. I know. You guys are like, okay, don't bring it up. I know. I am who I am. I know what I am. But think about kids. Kids. Do they ever disobey? Think about adults. Have we ever lied? Has anything ever been stolen? Has there ever been any cheating? We could go on and on and on. This is what we have. We're born with that. And it's important to realize that because we get a picture of a guy who is not patient and he is unforgiving. You see, sin nature is inclined to do some things. Sin nature is inclined to resent rather than release. Think about that. It is inclined to be demanding rather than to forgive. Sin nature is to be quickly angered rather than patient. So I would ask you, how are you doing today? You see, Jesus has not saved you to let sin nature rule in your life. He died on a cross and took our place and paid the price for sin. Do we sin? Of course we sin. 1 John 1, 9 would not be in Scripture. If we confess our sin, he is faithful to forgive us. Of course, it's there. But here's what I want you to, to see. How are we doing in allowing God, God's Holy Spirit, to develop this fruit of the Spirit, patience, and other things, but developing this in our life so that our sin nature will not rule? Do you know somebody in your family or acquaintance where sin nature is just ruling in their life? You can see it can't you but God wants to do more in us and I would ask you how are you doing I would ask myself this I have many times and the Lord kicked me he punched me he smacked me around to saying you need to do better when it comes to this patience what about you now some of you are looking at me like sanctified holy Christians right now and I love you but I don't believe your face you're sitting there Hey, not an issue with me. Look how calm I am. I'm not even fidgeting. I'm sitting here listening to this long, boring sermon. Woohoo! I'm good. I don't believe it for a second. We struggle with this. Oh, I thank you. Cla- thank you. All right, good. No, don't clap for me, although that makes me feel better i mean, been wanting to say that. Look, don't look at me with those spiritual faces. Look at me with we're sinners together and we have issues. Now, I do want to acknowledge that some of you, patience is not such a difficult thing for you. You're wired that way better. Maybe for you it's self-control. Or maybe for you it's faithfulness. Or maybe for you it's joy. I don't know, but we're camped here today on this. And the question I want to answer as we look at what this servant does to the other guy is how are we doing are we more resentful than releasing are we more demanding than forgiving are we more angered than patient and then we get to verses 30 and 31 and we see what he does he carries it out he's not choking him anymore but he's carrying out what he's going to do the forgiven servant 60 million days wages throws the second servant into prison now don't rag on him In those days, you've heard of debtor's prison? Yes. So it's not that he did something that he couldn't do. It's just in the area of this forgiving and patience. So I want you to not miss something, though. Look look at verses 30 and 31, especially 31. Did you catch a couple words there? When the other slaves saw what had taken place, They were deeply distressed and went and reported to their master everything that happened. I want you to catch that. The fact is that others were watching. Do you see the importance of this? Others are watching. You see, as we act rashly, harshly, unlovingly, without godly patience, Lamar, others see our actions. And sometimes they are those that we love the most. Is that not true? Sometimes it's our family. Is that not true? Wow. Others are watching and they see and, and, and they get the spillover of it all. I just want you to think about that. We see that and we think, ah, oh, this is a story commentary. No, it's a reminder. It's all through scriptures. People watch what we do. Do we live what we say? Do we act like what we say we believe? We could go on and on, but that's another sermon. Let's move on. Verses 32 through 35, as we wrap up this parable, we see, it, we see the I call it the day of accounting, but some of you are thinking money right now, or the, the day of judgment, So now we get to verse 32, and the king, the master, this is representing God, now knows what has happened. And there's gonna be a day of accounting. Perhaps you've said that to someone before. Perhaps that child in your life. (laughs) There's a reckoning. It's coming, right? It's true for all of us. Look at the response in verses 32 and 33 to the king, the master, the picture of God here. It's this why have you not done what I have done for you? And he calls them something. He says, You are wicked. Not a term I want to be called. What about you? And then we see action take place in verse 34 and 35. And it's totally different than what the master did earlier. The master is now provoked. Uh, to righteous anger and judgment comes. Do you see what happens here? He rescinds his previous order. Not only, he had forgiven all for this unforgiving servant. Not only is the unforgiven servant sent back to jail, but now he's even going to be tortured about it. It's right there. He's going to be tortured, he's been handed over to the, the jailers. Until he could pay everything that he owed. I want you to catch that. He can't pay it back. So it's going to happen. Now, uh, me personally, I don't don't read too much into this. Some people will read in eternal damnation and all that. That's for another day if you want to talk about that. There's nothing specifically that talks about that. Uh, There's a lot that talks about relational issues here. And we see what happens with this guy. It's totally changed from this forgiveness, this patience, the patience to such a point that you don't repay anything to now. You not only are in prison, but you're going to be tortured, never to come out of that. And Jesus' closing remark is sobering. As we think about this relational things, we think about how patience is so vital in relationship with others, he says in verse 35, so my heavenly Father will also do to you If each of you, that's the phrase I want you to see, if each of you does not forgive his brother from his heart. Each of you shows us our individual responsibility to show love and mercy, to be patient and forgiving. Listen, I cannot rely on Lynn for my patience. I cannot rely on something else. I cannot say, hey, I pastor Town Church and we, we exhibit patience. I can't do any of that. It's individual. It's for each of us. And so read this parable, read this verse, and put your name there instead of anyone else's, and we see how sobering that can be. Now, if you remember last week if you are here, we did 1 Thessalonians 5. I want to remind you of 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 14. It says this, and we exhort you, brothers, warn those who are irresponsible, comfort the discouraged, help the weak, and remember there was four commands, imperatives, here's the fourth one, and be... Patient with everyone. Same exact word. So what are we to do? Because that is hard to do. And I could see you coming afterwards and say, great, I understand. How in the world can we do that? What are we to do? How can patience, the fruit of the Holy Spirit indwelling us, be cultivated? Listen to Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. Titus 2. For the grace of God has appeared with salvation for all people, instructing us to, here's the first thing, deny godlessness and worldly lust, and here's the second one, and to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in the present age. While we wait, that's a synonym for patience, while we wait for the blessed hope and appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. He gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness, and to cleanse for himself a people for his own possession, eager to do good works. So we are to wait. We are to be patient. We are to deny certain things. We are to live in a certain way. We can work on this. We can allow the Holy Spirit to work through us, and we can see amazing things that would happen. And I don't want you to miss... Uh, As we close verse 14 of that passage, it said he gave himself, Jesus gave himself for us to redeem us. Are you familiar with that? We are sinners, we are lost, we're headed straight to eternity without the Lord Jesus Christ, without anything good, anything godly, to a place called hell. And yet he wants to redeem us. And he gave himself to do it, to redeem us from what? All lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a people for his own possession, eager to do good works. And again, I've already stated, you don't do good works or jump through hoops to get to God. For by grace are you saved. It's a gift from God. But once we're in relationship with the Lord, we're truly Christians, we should be eager to do good works. And that includes patience. The gospel is right there. Did you catch it? Did you see what Jesus has done for you and me? So we should be eager to clothe ourselves in patience. Do you remember 1 Corinthians 13, the great love chapter? When it gets into listing all those things, guess what it starts with? Love is patience before kind and keeping a record of wrongs and all that. Same word, folks. Same word. The Holy Spirit can cultivate patience in us. I have a few scriptures to read and we're done. 2 Timothy 4.2 proclaim the message persist in it whether persist in it whether convenient or not that's what i've been doing this week because i wanted to just have eight instead of nine and skip right to kindness but the lord would not allow that to happen so we proclaim it we persist whether convenient or not rebuke correct and encourage here's how we do it with great patience and teaching same word so parent or grandparent if you are rebuking If you are correcting, if you are not doing it with great patience and teaching, you're doing it wrong. Folks, if we're dealing with other people and we're not doing it with great patience, we're doing it wrong. Exhibit ABCDEF, news shows on TV. There's no patience. There's no teaching. There's no understanding. They're just at each other. That does not help. What helps is when we can sit down with a brother and sister or with someone we're concerned about and share the hope we have in Christ Jesus, we do it with great patience. Amen? That means we do it again and again and again. James 5, 7 and 8. Therefore, brothers, be patient until the Lord's coming. Has the Lord come back yet? No, not that I'm aware. And when is it going to happen? Don't you dare say, because you've been reading a book you shouldn't be reading. The Bible says no one will know when the Lord returns. Okay? So he hasn't returned. So what's the command? Be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth and is patient with it until it receives the early and late rains? You also must be patient. What does that mean? Like the farmer. Strengthen your hearts because the Lord's coming is near. Now that was written a long time ago if they could be patient, surely we could be patient because we are closer. We are one day closer today to the Lord's return. Have you noticed? Than yesterday, okay. Let us also remember it's God who works in us to cultivate long-suffering and patience. Last four verses, Psalm 46, one. Let us remember that God is our refuge and strength. He is a very present help in trouble. He is the God of patience. Isaiah 41, 10. Do not fear, the Lord says, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 23, 4. Remember Psalm 23? Have you ever thought about how it might fit with patience? Verse 4. Even though I walk, or some of you have, yea, though I walk. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And Romans 8, 31, I love, because you can just tie all these things up in a bow and remember Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God... Is for us who can be against us I want to tell you today we serve a God who is for us and nothing can stand against us and if we desire to to submit to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and allow God to do a work in our life that yes even includes patience he can do it because he is for us amen let's pray we're grateful today God I wanted to say we're grateful to be done with the sermon, but I won't, Lord. I, I am grateful for the sermon. I'm grateful for how convicting it's been in my life, how undone I am, Lord. I'm so sorry, God. We so often let sin reign in our life. No, we're not. We're not mass murderers, we're not cheating on our income taxes, but God, there are things in our life that you want to work on. And I pray that myself and, and those in this room, those hearing online, that we would commit to let you work in our life. It's been said, God, that you're a gentleman, you're not just barging in, and so help us, Lord. Whether it's this area of patience or, or or joy or or kindness or faithfulness, self-control, whatever it is, Lord, would you allow us another chance again and again and again to work, to have you work in us. Lord, I fear that we are losing the right to win this world to Christ because We don't exhibit peace-filled lives, joy-filled lives, peace-filled lives, love-filled lives. So God, help us. Help us to be open to what you're saying. And God, help me and others here today to not just say, okay, well, today, God, I'll be receptive and work on it. Help us to be receptive this week, and this coming month and year, to see you do work in our lives. I thank you, Lord, for your word, all of it, not the parts that I like or the stories that I think are cool, but Lord, for all of it. We truly believe what you say, that it is God-breathed, your very breath of life is in it, and it can change us. So I pray today that we would consider what we've looked at today. God, it's simple, help us to see the picture of your patience, Lord, and help us to see the picture of the sinner and how impatient and unforgiving we can be. Lord, I thank you for our church where we can gather and go through life together and hold each other up and keep each other accountable. And as iron sharpens iron, we can, we can chip away at each other to help us be more and more like you. So thank you for that. We just pray that you would Speak to hearts right now today. God, I believe in my heart, I've been praying for this, that there are people in this room, and online, that you have given them some specific things already to work on, some specific people to go to. Help us to be able to do that. And God, now during this short response time, help us to respond to whatever you're asking of us. In your name I pray.